Welcome to Profiles in Eccentricity, a show about weirdos, with your hosts, John Fahey, Aaron Peter, and Matt Brutzon. Hello folks, welcome to Profiles in Eccentricity. This is the very first of the bonus content as a diehard maniac profiler, a baby profiler, is what I call you folks, you fuckers. Uh, this is going to be uh, the first of Stuff We Love, something I wanted to uh, to share with y'all to get uh, to know us better. Um, I'm joined uh, by, uh, I want my high-functioning pervert, Mr. Aaron Pita, prettiest boy under the sun. Hi there, Aaron. I am a high-functioning pervert. <laughs> Aaron Pita, that's me. Um, wow. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Very Do you want to say hello to our mutual friend, the unbelievably good-looking Mr. Matt Rousseau? Oh, hi. I do. Hi. Hi there. Hi there. Hello. hello. Rugged. Rugged. He's French-Canadian-ish. Ish. Ish. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. <laughs> sure. I love the guy. Yep. Guys, uh, 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 yeah, folks, uh, if you're if you're listening to this, you have been supporting us, which means the absolute world to us. We yeah, want to provide some content for you folks, um, and I think that this stuff is really going to be as good as a profile because it really lets us get carried away. Aaron. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited. Yes. I'm excited for more people to get to know me specifically. Yes, of course. Not me or <laughs> no. Max. No, 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 no. Mostly me. Of course. Um, but I want to say, uh, the I, I said to you about what you're going to profile today, you were saying that you were you were impressed by my not looking at notes during the INLA profiles episode. <laughs> yeah, you went and, off top. It was great. And I said that this episode is going to be your INLA. Yes, this is going to be my INLA because it is as important <laughs> to me as your experience with, you know, um, Irish uh, revolutionary groups. Right. Um, Did you listen when I was talking? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, what? Go ahead. <laughs> so um, I want to I want to share with you guys something um, that uh, I, I I think I'm quickly realizing that it's maybe my favorite movie. Yes. Um, it's it's at least certain. It's impactful to me. This was I watched uh, I watched Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. The first time I really did mushrooms, mm-hmm. I watched uh, with uh, my good dear friend Brent Smith when we were uh, God, we must have been like twenty one or something. For the first time, like that, I, that we went hard. Like, okay, the first time I really tripped. Okay, no, no, but it was the first time you saw the movie. Uh, no, no, it wasn't the first time. I, I'm sure I saw it on Comedy Central or something growing up. Okay, okay, but um, we watched Ghost Ship, Ghost Ship with yeah. Juliana Margulies, right? Uh, oh, and, then, wow. and then Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Is the sequel to the uh, the big hit uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. The yes. sequel came out in 1991, mm-hmm. and guys, it's uh, original in '89. The original was in '89. Yeah. That's right. It's it's it is so good. Roger Ebert. Uh, I'm going to paraphrase Ebert, but he said that um, it's the type of movie that you. 
you judge yourself for snickering at, but by the end of it, you you applaud the movie for its sheer originality and weirdness. Right. Um, My takeaway as a person that only saw it as a young person, and I loved Excellent Adventure when it came out, but I do remember it being like, I was like, oh, this is very true to title. This is this is kind of a bummer. <laughs> the Bogus Journey. Yes. I, I, I really was like, I love these guys, and I still had enough fun going with them on another thing, but it is... Uh, it's 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 dark. Yeah, so the, ori- very the original title was Bill and Ted Go to Hell. Wow. And Orion Pictures did not want that. No. Uh, they didn't want they didn't even want to to do to do what they do to the characters in the movie which is spoiler and I'll get to it they kill them. Um they wanted them to in vein in the same vein as the original movie. In the original movie uh Rufus brings the time traveling phone booth and they go back in time to they Basically, kidnap kidnap uh, famous characters through history and bring them to their history presentation so that they can pass the class. It's Billy the Kid, Abraham Lincoln, Genghis Khan, Socrates, uh, Joan of Arc, and um, in Orion Pictures wanted them to do uh, instead of what they eventually did. They wanted them to um, travel into various uh, dimensions, um, works of literature. Oh. Yeah, but they but the cat even the cast like uh, Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves and Carlin weren't into it. And right, so they let them do the original. So the movie opens up in the future uh, in twenty six ninety one, and George Carlin Rufus he's um, he's teaching a group of pupils at the Bill and Ted basically utopian high school. The, the future is a utopia because of the music that Bill and Ted, a.k.a. Wild Stallions, mm-hmm. um, used to unite the world in harmony. And right. Ritman, Which is being excellent. For anybody that doesn't know, the premise of the first movie is Bill and Ted have to uh, uh, graduate so that they can be- become the saviors yes. of... So that they can eventually win the battle of the bands, mm-hmm. spread their music around the globe, and unite them under the uh, the motto of uh, being excellent to each other. So right. in the in the original movie, they do pass the class. Um, yes. And the second movie opens up, and, and Rufus is there in the future, and he uh, <laughs> he uh, he te- he, br- he comes in in the phone booth. And he pops out, and he's being all Rufusy, George Carlin, and he says, "You know, class, my most excellent pupils, I've brought to you for today's uh, lecture on acoustical reverberation. I've brought Thomas Edison, and for the musical portion, I've brought Johann Sebastian Bach, and from Faith No More, I've brought <laughs> James Martin, who comes out. James Martin from Faith No More comes out and says, Station.'" Right. As like a salute, right? And you, it's kind of ambiguous. You don't know what that means. And then he says, "I've brought um, Rhea." You know, phalanx or whatever, who, of course, you all know, invented the uh, stationographic oxygenetic hyperdella reverberator. And uh, it's hard to believe what our world would be like without that. <laughs> it's just like the weird, most like George Carlin wordplay. <laughs> and, um, and as he's addressing the class, this explosion happens, and in comes this, like, almost Vader like character without a mask, but giant hulking figure with, like, black armor and giant boots. And that's. Denomalous. And Denomalous is the big bad of the movie. And Denomalous is from this timeline, and he hates the love and the be excellent to each other. Right. And so he rolls in uh, and steals the time-traveling phone booth because he wants to go back in time to stop Bill and Ted from ever having won the Battle of the Bands, mm-hmm. preaching their message over the airwaves. and Terminator. Their... Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very much like that. And to do so, he's built two evil robot Bill and Ted's, mm-hmm. whose mission is to ruin Bill and Ted's lives. Right. 
uh, crash the Battle of Bands and give the speech that they were going to give only different. <laughs> and they're ju- the evil robot Bill and Ted are they're just like Bill and Ted, but evil. They're both they're such idiots. It's so right. great. Uh, and even Denomalous is is frustrated with them. He's like. I hate them. I hate robot versions of them. <laughs> it's so funny. It's like like the whole, like, remember Shredder from Ninja Turtles? He's, like, oh, always pissed at Bebop and Rocksteady because they're just, like, incompetent. Like, it's one of those things. So, Denomalous steals the phone booth with evil Bill and Ted. It zips down into the time circuits of time. Rufus throws, like, a grappling guitar at it and sticks to it, and he gets sucked in behind the phone booth and disappears. And that's the last you see of Rufus. Um, You cut to um, Sandima's present day. Bill and Ted and the two princesses that he brought, that they brought into modern day from uh, medieval England from Mm -hmm. the first movie, that they're now their girlfriends. Yes. They are all the band. Right. And um, they're wild stallions. They are wild Mm -hmm. stallions. They suck. The girls are great. The girls like play drum and bass, and they're they're great. You're right. And um, Pam Greer is the head of the Battle of the Bands, and um, and it's uh, Pam Greer, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. And she's like, guys, you guys got to, you know, I shouldn't even be letting you on this, but like, you guys are great, and you were so popular. We want the girls are great. You guys suck. You guys need to practice. And Bill and Ted are like, well, they had 500 years head start. <laughs> so, um, uh. Then they have to. Uh, then it's the girl's birthday. It's one of the girls' birthday. So they go back to their house and um, they're having a um, a birthday for one of the princesses. And um, Bill's, um, sorry, Ted's dad is there talking to Ted. And Ted's like, you know, Dad, if we if we win the battle of bands, I'll totally be able to pay you back that money that I owe you. And the dad's like, and if you don't win, Ted, and he's like, well, I guess I can sell more blood. <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, and so the dad threatens him with sending him to the military academy in Alaska, mm-hmm. and uh, over- overcome comes Colonel Oates from the military academy. Mm. Colonel Oates comes over and he says, <laughs> <laughs> "You know, Ted, it's not too late for you." And then he looks at Bill and he goes, "Not too late for either of you." <laughs> and then he looks at the two girls and Bill and says. For all four of you, <laughs> and he's just staring at him. <laughs> and then he, then he, as he's doing the creepy, for all four of you, he took looks to the side, and the party goes, "Ooh, fresh fun!" <laughs> and he just walks away. It's I so- love the way that you say it is just like. I like you, Lloyd. <laughs> I've always liked you. It's just like that. <laughs> Is it really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. From it's, the shine. Yeah, it's just like that. I like you, Lloyd. I always like you. <laughs> White man's burn. <laughs> it's just like that, almost creepier. So then, um, so then, um, so then the, the guys are just hanging out, and Missy comes over. Missy was Bill's uh, stepmom in the first movie. They went to high school with Missy. Right. But Missy marries Bill's dad in the first movie. So oh. he's like, hey, Missy, uh, I mean, Mom. And then you see Missy in this movie. Missy walks over to Ted's dad and starts making out with him. Right. And then Bill's like to Ted, like, oh, man, it's totally sucks. <laughs> or Ted says to Bill, man, it sucks that Missy divorced your dad and married my dad. <laughs> and Bill's like... Shut up! <laughs> Shut up, Ted! <laughs> and then they go, man, your dad doesn't look so good. So they cut over to Bill's dad, and he's like bags under his eyes, eating a Twinkie. <laughs> and like, It's so absurd and depressing and so funny. Um, 
Okay, so then they, they excuse themselves, they take the girls outside, and they propose to the girls. Mm-hmm. And they actually say, like, will you marry us? It's like this weird codependent relationship. Like, what we're trying to say is, <laughs> will you marry us? And they say, yeah. And so then um, then they go, the guys, they're walking, they go back to their apartment, and they're walking up, and Bill says to Teddy, as, um, he goes, do you think now that the girls are going to marry us, they'll stay over? <laughs> and Ted, and the, the dialogue is so brilliant because they're very Shakespearean, in, for lack of a better word, because Ted goes, I know, you're right. Our girls are most chaste. <laughs> it's so great. They learned a lot. They travel. So then they... Um, so they're in the apartment and they're like, oh man, we, you know, we can't even afford it. Like our own apartment. We got to get our shit together for them to marry us. And then, and then they get a phone call. They get a phone call and it's the princesses. And mm-hmm. the princesses are like, you guys are losers. We're not going to marry you. you <laughs> we're quitting the band. The fuck, you know, whatever. And they're like, oh, it's the girls. They're not good. What? How do you, how do they call us so quick? And uh, there's no cell phones. Right, anymore, right. right. And uh, so then they're super bummed out immediately. And then ding dong. Someone's at the door. Open the door. It's Bill and Ted. Hey. Hey, Bill, Ted. Hey, Bill. Hey, Ted. In walk in Bill and Ted. Uh, audience knows that it's evil robot Bill and Ted. Yeah. Bill and Ted, especially Bill, Bill just thinks it's future versions of them. Because they've seen them before the, in the last movie. Exactly. So yes. Ted goes, I've got a bad feeling about this. And Bill says, Ted, if not for the prior intervention of, of our future previous selves... Would we have ever passed history, mm. met the babes, or wow. had a most excellent adventure through time? Wow. Good point. All right. So I got a bad feeling about this, though. Mm. Bad feeling. And he's stu- right. He's he's like the he's the he's the uh, moral compass, perhaps. I think he's more of the energetic uh, siphon of the two. Mm. An energetic siphon. Yes. Very nice. Very nice. In this, and I will say, in this movie. Uh, the guy that plays Bill, Alex Winter, is so good. He steals the show of the movie. I mean, he is by Keanu. It, really, he really does. He really does. And and Keanu, I'm sure, like the the character is supposed to be like far more like doltish, but Alex Winters is so emphatic. Yeah. In both movies. Yeah, he sells every facial. Um, yeah. It's just like making you believe that shit. It's yeah. like it's like Wayne's World, where you're just like, oh, I've never met anybody that talks like this, but. It makes See, sense. These guys are doing it and they're selling it, so I believe it. Yeah. And the exact same thing happened in Bill and Ted, but mainly led by Alex Winter. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so then you have the uh, the robots like, um, you know, hey, we're gonna we're gonna help you get the girls. We're gonna we're gonna take you to the desert um, because that's what the girls said they are, right? So they get in the van and evil Bill and Ted are driving good Bill and Ted through the desert, like through the night into the morning. <laughs> and like Bill and Ted are in the van and like, hey, it's pretty cold back here. Can we get some heat? And they're like, shut up! And Ted, remind me to be much nicer to myself. <laughs> like, there's all that stupid time shit. Yeah. And um, so then they, <laughs> so they they uh, they get out of the van and they're like, oh, all right, cool, let's find the princesses aren't here. And the evil robot Bill and Ted are like, sorry, dudes, we're gonna kill you now. Yeah. Like, wait, what? You're a dick, me. And uh, before this, they all, the thing that really stuck out about this to me was they they show they show the Star Trek episode. Yes. So as they're waiting for um, as they get home, they're watching the episode of Star Trek uh, where Kirk is in the desert at Vasquez Rocks. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, a fortune in precious stones. 
Dre the Mauve or a trusty Dazer, Phaser or a mm. good solid club. <laughs> and then <laughs> when they go to the desert, they're at Vasquez Rocks. Right. Um, so then, uh, so the evil robot Bill and Ted give up, you know, let the cat out of the bag and say, we're not really future versions of you, we're evil robot uses. And they, uh, pull up their shirts and like show like the you know the robotic six pack yeah yeah <laughs> and Bill and Ted are like cool <laughs> but we're totally gonna kill you now so then they take him up to the cliff at Vasquez Rocks and they're whole each you know Bill evil robot Bill is holding Ted over the cliff evil robot Ted is holding Bill over the cliff so they can do that cool like split screen and show yeah all four of them on the yeah and um and so Bill and Ted are like, guys, guys, robots, guys, evil, evil robot uses. Even though you're about to kill us, we want to tell you something. <laughs> and they go, we, we, we love you. <laughs> and the evil robot Bill and Ted go, shut up, fags, <laughs> and push them off the cliff. All right, and they die. <laughs> and they die. And then as soon as they hit the ground, they both loogie on them. <laughs> the robots loogie on Bill and Ted. Yeah. And then they uh, then they steal a Porsche. They see a Porsche on the road, they steal it and they bounce. And um <laughs> and uh and and then um and this is where it gets really weird. The rest of the movie it progressively gets weird, but this is like I I guess you would say this is like end of act one sighting incident type of thing, right? So they they go down uh, they, the camera goes down to robot to the dead Bill and Ted, and they get up and every they're grayed out like they're everything is grayed out. Uh, they did a combination of makeup and wardrobe change. It looks really really cool. Yeah. So they're all grayed out and they realize that they're dead, and uh, and then the Grim Reaper shows up, and the Grim Reaper uh, basically tries to take them. Um, you know, to the afterlife. You're going to be here forever. You're going to be in the afterlife forever. And uh, and uh, they they tell the Grim Reaper that his shoelaces are untied, and they Melvin him. They yes. give him a wedgie. Right. And basically run away. Yeah. <laughs> they run away. Um, the Grim Reaper wears underwear. Or and, and shoes. <laughs> neither he he wears neither. But okay. such is the charm of the Les Preston Esquire and uh, Ted Theodore yeah. Logan. Uh-huh. So they basically hoof it on foot. Back to San Dimas from you know Palm Springs or whatever, and uh, so then in the mean then they cut to evil robot Bill and Ted in their apartment with the princesses, mm. and they're just like they're fucking f- getting fresh with them, right? Right. And uh, and the girls, the princesses, get off and they're like, "What happened? To you boys, you boys used to be we were gonna get married. What's wrong? We're gonna leave the band." And they were like. <laughs> We used to be pussweeds, but now we're metal. Now get over here and put out. <laughs> so the girls run away. Evil robot Bill and Ted. <laughs> Evil robot Bill and Ted. Um... <laughs> we used to be pussweeds, but yeah. now we're metal. No, get over here and put out. <laughs> yeah. When has that worked? I know. Evil Robot Bill and Ted, they like, um, one of them knocks their eye out and they um, they have like a FaceTime call with Denomalous through this, through time and space mm. um, about the plan. Move on to phase two of the plan, you know, type of thing. Go ruin their lives and whatnot. Who's that fucker played by? Uh, fuck, I don't know. Some. Demomalus? What's his name? Denomalous. Denomalous. <laughs> Don't my it's um it's Rufus's old teacher. He says my old teacher. 
Oh, is that right? Yes. Oh, very interesting. Oh, teacher. Oh, that's so Sithy. Yeah. 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 Um, one thing I did leave out is when in the very beginning when um, um, Jim Smith from Faith No More comes out of the phone booth, <laughs> Rufus goes, and Sir James Martin from Faith No More, of course, founder of the Faith No More Spiritual and Theological Seminary. <laughs> 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 Anyways, so then back to um, back to Bill and Ted. Right, they they made it back into San Dimas, and their plan is to. Um, but there's st- everything's still grayed out. They're they're, they're totally grayed out, but they're walking through like normal colored San Dimas. It looks really cool, and um, they go to the police station where Ted is, uh, you know, chief of police or whatever, and they're trying to like get his attention, like Dad, Dad, we need your help, we need your help, and like, well, what are we gonna do? And he's like, ah, Ted's like, I got an idea. This always works in the movies. And he like jumps his ethereal spirit form into his dad through his like you know ear, and so you know you have Ted's dad like, all right, cop dudes, <laughs> my, <laughs> my son Ted Ted Theodore Logan has been killed by evil robot version of himself. We need you to go find like. It's great, and yeah. then Bill jumps into like the you know the deputy chief of police was like this fat guy. He's like, oh, oh, dude, it totally worked. Oh, donut, and like they just, <laughs> it's so funny to see like the other two like adults pretending to be these fucking stoners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, for those actors, that's see like, you later, cop dudes. It's the role of the career for those guys. Uh, they leave their ethereal bodies. Uh, they they leave their par- the the bodies of the cops, and then they um that they find like that didn't work. Nobody believed them, right? So then they're like, oh, let's find Missy. So they go and they go to Missy's and Missy's having, she's like new agey, right? So Missy's having a seance with like all her lady friends and like their, their gay boyfriends and stuff. It's like, super like, I'm trying to contact, <laughs> who was it? Aristotle. And then the other one's like. Ty Cobb, <laughs> like all, all the people that they're trying to contact are so. President Chester A. Arthur. The, the names are so funny. Ty Cobb. Missy's so trying to Missy, and I want to contact Ty Cobb. That's the last fucking guy you want to bring no, back to no, hang out it's with. So true. It's so funny. And it, Ty Cobb. It's. It, the movie is filled with little fucking things like that. It's mm. the smartest dumb movie ever. Right. So. um so they're doing the seance, and so Spirit, you know, Bill and Ted, they start hovering over like, Missy, we've been killed by robot houses, save us. And people are freaking out. And she's like flipping through books, and she gets her like banishing evil spirits book out, and they all start chanting, and a wormhole opens up, and Bill and Ted get sucked in it. Mm. And then Smash gets to them, and they're falling, just in eternal blackness, falling forever, falling, falling, falling. Ah! So long, it's, it's ah, ah, you know, they're just falling, falling. Man, this is this is this is a really deep hole. You want to play 20 questions? Yeah, animal, vegetable, or mineral? Mineral, are you a tank? Yeah, one question. Then they hit the ground. Animal, that's that you played 20 questions yeah. back in the day. It was animal, vegetable, mineral, yeah, but tank, yeah, yeah. tank. Yeah. So then they land and they land on this like um this they're in hell, right? So they're on this like it's this red steamy hellscape on a floating, you know, crag attached to a chain, attached to a giant like iron gear machinery, right? And uh 
you know, a giant devil-like figure, and Ted's like, where are we, dude? And he's like, I think we're in hell. And they go, <laughs> they go um, he goes, oh, man, we've totally been lied to by our album covers. <laughs> 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 and... Uh, and then they start like talking shit to the devil, <laughs> like, uh, and um, they want to like they want to get some FaceTime with him or whatever. And so he's like, like it activates the gears and it pulls in the, the rock that they're on, and then they they jump up onto the machinery and they're like, dude, if I die, you can totally have my album collection, and my Megadeth collection. And he goes, we are dead. Well then, dude, it's all yours. Oh, thanks. It's <laughs> just, like, just pure like friendship, love that's between them. Yeah. Oblivious of what's going on is really beautiful. Yeah. And so they get into this like you know like giant iron. Kind of basically looks like a, a gargoyle, and um, they're kind of like hunched down. It gets really Beetlejuicey and like weird forced perspective comic booky stuff in, yeah. in this movie. It's very. I think they took a lot of cues from Beetlejuice. Yeah. Um, like all the angles and. Just weirdness, and so there. It was. It was. I mean, Beetlejuice was the thing where it was just like, we can make this big dumb world out of nothing. Yeah, yeah, and they. It's so. It really reminded me of it, yeah. especially with how dark it is, right? Yeah. So they are. Um, they're crawling through these like crawl spaces, kind of like from um, Cube, right? Like, and there's like it's iron and rust and steam and noises of gears and gnashing of teeth and screaming, oh, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. And. Uh, those screams are so scary. Oh, dude. it's so creepy. That's very cube too, though. Yeah. I didn't mean to. Well, I'm a good person. Backwards. Yeah. Sorry. And you're like, oh, And so oh, then they, they crawl. They they crawl into this room, and it's like an army barracks, and it's all like fucked up perspective. Right? It looks like it goes on forever mm-hmm. in the background, and then you just hear like stomping of feet, and they look, and it's fucking Colonel Oates. Right, and Colonel is, oh, you're gonna be in here forever. Drop down and give me infinity. And so they drop down and start doing push ups. And they're like, dude, there's no way I can do infinity push ups. Maybe if he lets us do him girly style. (laughs) (laughs) You're not strong boys, you're silky boys. Silk comes from the butts of Chinese worms. What? (laughs) Brilliant. Uh, then they like they get up I think they like kick him in the balls and run out right and he's chasing after him still so then they're like then they're back in that weird cube hallway thing like dude oh I know what's coming up here dude I think we're in our own personal version of hell let's split up Right. Huh? No, yeah. So they split up, right? And, and it gets even fucking weirder. Yeah. So Ted goes into his, Bill goes into his. So Ted ends up in this, like, it's all pink and again, very Beetlejuicy, funky angles and I remember like, this one. perspective. Very scary. Very, very, very scary. scary. As a young kid, this this shit was scary. Oh my God. It scares me now. And yeah. remember, the, fir- the first time I really watched it as an adult, I'm tripping my fucking <laughs> balls off. <laughs> okay? So he's, they've just, Melvin Death got sent to hell from, his, from a seance. Yeah. Had, had an army instructor call him, you know, Silky Boys and <laughs> all that. <laughs> um, and, uh, <laughs> before, before they they split up, the the devil, 
<laughs> Satan goes, choose your destiny. <laughs> and they go, choose your own, fuck. <laughs> uh, the 90s. That's so funny. And so uh, wrong. Problematic. But, but also, what does it even mean? <laughs> what does it mean? Yeah, exactly. they just, I think they were just. Choose your own. <laughs> Find said, your own own path. So they split up. What? Ted, Ted is in this like all pink. It's like his old house. Yeah. And he was like. He hears like a hopping and there's so not fun. And uh, he's he starts he, he eats an Easter basket mm. and he's eating it. He's eating all the candy, and then you hear, uh, Theodore, you made your little brother cry. And he goes, "What? This was ten years ago." And you see, there's this creepy like animatronic fucking Easter bunny. You stole Deacon's Easter basket, and you're gonna pay, right like it's so. Creepy. It was and he's very cre- scary. He's freaking out. You c- cut to Bill. Bill's at the end of this long table. It's all blue. Everything's blue again. Beetlejuice, very, very Tim Burtony. And uh, they're all singing like this morose, like really macabre, happy birthday. Mm-hmm. And Tiny Bill. They're all wearing their same clothes too. So Tiny Bill, little young Bill's wearing the same outfit too. Yeah. He's like, oh no. It's Granny S. Preston Esquire. And she's at the other end of the table. And she's like, William, don't you have a kiss for your dear old Granny? And she's like, they zoom in on her face. There's like moles and mustache. Hmm. It's actually played by Alex Winter. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's Alex Winter. And it's so gross. Wow. It's so creepy. creepy. And That's like, so yeah. cool, though. Yeah. I didn't and, know it was done by him. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, don't you have a kiss for your dear old Granny? Bogus, you know all those lines, right? And they uh, they jet out of there, and they're then they're now they're being chased by uh, the Easter Bunny, Gr- Granny S. Preston Esquire, and Colonel Oates down this hallway, right? And they both meet up. They meet up again. They're running out, and they go, "Dude, what? Hell sucks totally." <laughs> <laughs> we should, uh, man. We we should just we should just go back to the Reaper, and the Reaper shows up. Oh, and like the hell blacks out. They're just in blackness again. And no shit. Yeah, Reaper shows up, and like, what do we have to do? He's like, you can challenge me to a game. <laughs> and so this, if you beat me, I will. Right. No. no, no. So so what is this? Is actually from something. So this is from the Seventh Seal. Right. Which is an Ingmar Bergman movie from like 1957. Yes. Where. Um, a knight is trying to uh, stall his death by playing a, a game of chess with the Grim Reaper. Right. And if you look at like the visuals, it's all very similar, like the same right. archetypical Grim Reaper yes. garb, the scythe, yeah. the white ball, like mm-hmm. the makeup. And it's yeah. actually the guy that played the knight was he's an actor that's still acting now. He's a Swedish guy. He was in like. Minority Report. He was the the chief of police in Minority Report. Oh, really? He's that guy. You've you've seen him a million times. I yeah. forget his name. But um. Anyway, so that's it's a it's a callback to this cl- one of the greatest movies of all time. Right. It's yeah. another thing where it's like it's it's, it's the dumbest the, smart the dumbest movie. smart movie. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, so you can challenge me to a game and then we'll let you go. Right. Cut to they're in this like you know. Uh, Stone, almost like a Game of Thrones style game room, but it's all musty and dark. And there are two ends. Bill and Ted are on one end of the super long stone table. Death's on the other end, and it's you know, B six, Miss J five, Hit. They're playing Battleship right. with Death. Yeah. 
And so Bill and Ted, they confer, and he's like, all right. H7, hit. You have sunk my battleship, <laughs> right? And they're mm-hmm. like, awesome, Death, you got to take us back. And he's like, best two out of three. <laughs> and like, what? No, you can't. And he's like, yes, I can. And so then they go from battleship to um twister is one to clue clue <laughs> they go from battleship to clue and you, you just see <laughs> death is he's standing by himself in the corner and he's looking over all his notes and he's like I believe it was Colonel Mustard in the study with the candlestick. <laughs> <laughs> and they open the thing. Sorry, dude. It was Professor Plum. <laughs> Best three out of five. <laughs> Smash got three out of five. They're playing electric football. <laughs> and it's just, it's got, their guy's just like spinning in the end zone. <laughs> and they don't even say anything but five out of seven. Damn right. <laughs> now they're playing Twister with death. Uh-huh. Ted's spinning the wheel. Bill's on on there, entangled with Dev. His robes are everywhere, <laughs> and uh, you know it's a, you know right foot green and Death like is trying to do this impossible move, and he, <laughs> he brings his Death foot up to Bill's face, and he's just like oh, oh, he gets a whiff of Death's feet and almost falls. You hear something rip in Death's joints and falls down. And uh, they went, you know, they went they five out of seven. On Twister is the one Twisters. that, yeah. yeah. Twister is the one. Yeah. And, uh, it's the ultimate party game. It, it is. is. <laughs> yeah. It's a life or death matter. <laughs> and so uh, Death says, uh, I will take you back. Wait, right? did, does he have a French accent? No. He, it's like this weird, um, like, you know, Austrian or Norwegian. Oh, okay. I, I imagine it's like... Finland, Norwegian, that okay, the Scandinavian yeah, yeah. areas, yeah. because that's where the movie, uh, that's where the Seventh Seal right. was made. So, I, and that that actor, he was the villain in um, Die Hard Two. No shit. Yeah, it was the villain in Die Hard Two. Huh. Um, Nobody watches Die Hard Two. No, no Die Hard Three. Yeah, Die Hard Three is amazing. Mm-hmm. Die Hard One is incredible. Mm-hmm. Two, but Die Hard Two, what they're on a plane, not in the air. Yeah, no, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so then, uh, so then, like, and Death, you were a most excellent and gracious competitor. He's like, don't patronize me. Mm-hmm. I will take you back. And he's like, Dad, before we go back, uh, could you help us, like, help us someone, help us find someone to build something? Because their idea is we need to. The only way we can beat evil robot Bill and Ted is if we build good robot uses. But we're not smart enough to do that. <laughs> mm-hmm. So death is like, of course you've beaten me. I'm at your service, right? Like, gives it, and so uh, they uh, they arrive at the pearly gates of heaven. So death, the Grim Reaper, white face, garb, scythe, Bill and Ted are at the gates of heaven. Huh? They uh, you know, the the announcement is like, welcome to heaven. Only the most pure and just can enter. And they're like, oh shit, dude, I don't know if we're gonna be able to get in. <laughs> so they they go, hey, uh, uh, wise dudes, over here. And like three people look, come over here. And then off screen, you hear like, and they mug them and take their clothes, <laughs> and they sneak into heaven, right? So they go up to the pearly so gates with, with death. With death. They, so they mug three all, wise men with death. Yes, and so. It's Bill wearing like the overall. They're all wearing the clothes. Death is just wearing the clothes over his death garbs. So funny. They're waiting in line, and the guy, you know, the door guy, who is jazz uh, blues musician Taj Mahal, is kind of like the same. Oh, Peter Springfield, thing. Massachusetts yeah. native. Yes, Taj Mahal. Uh, it's very nice. 
very, very nice. Uh, the question to get in is, what is the meaning of life? Mm. And Ted's like, every rose has its thorn. <laughs> and every night has its thorn. And Bill's like, every cowboy sings a sad, sad song. Mm. And death is like, uh, every rose has a thorn. <laughs> and then they get let in. <laughs> then they get let in, and they get an audience with God, right? As you do. You get an audience with God. Oh, and meanwhile, also... Uh, I don't remember this part at all. Also, I, I, mentioned earlier, I mentioned earlier that the Faith No More guy, he said station, right? Mm -hmm. Evil Robot Bill and Ted are also using station as like a cool, awesome, like a thing. Like a, right on. Right, great plan, right on, station. Right? Yeah. So anyway, they get to God, and uh, and Bill and Ted are like, God, well, first of all, we just want to um, that you are a most just and benevolent creator, and we want to congratulate you on your creation of Earth. Bill and Ted, Bill and I have enjoyed on a daily basis, <laughs> along with the other planets, Mars, <laughs> Jupiter, Uranus, and then they do their little <laughs> air guitar thing. <laughs> the air guitar thing is so great in this fucking movie because it's always different depending on like who's doing it or the situation. So like when Bill and Ted do it, it's always like... <laughs> when Evil Bill and Ted do it? Yeah, it's a little more metal. When Evil Bill and Ted do it, it's a little that's, more metal. That's so when funny. When Ted jumps into his dad's body and his Ted's dad is looking at Ghost Bill, so yeah. Ghost Bill does his metal, his guitar, like... <laughs> and when Ted's dad does it, it's like... Ding, 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 like a <laughs> It's so funny. Anyways, so they're they're at they get their audience with God, right? Well, you're most just a benevolent creator. Thank you, Mars, Jupiter, Uranus. We mugged three people to get in. Sorry, you probably knew that. Um, evil. We need your help. We need the most brilliant scientist in the universe to help us build something so we can get our princesses back and all that, right? And you just hear one word from the voice of God that is station. Right, and this glowing orb goes down and manifests as like a little disc. Looks like a, it's like a, I guess it's a map, right? I don't know, I don't know what it is, but it's a little disc with some writing on it. It seems like a map. And they walk off screen. Death comes back on screen, looks up at, at God and goes, "They melvined me." <laughs> walks off screen. Right. So now they're like they're in heaven and they're walking around and you know there's like it's like a who's who of heaven, right? You, you see, like, famous kind of characters, and you see it's very, like, eclectic. It's heaven, so it's from all over the universe. And there's, like, a crowd of people, and you hear, and you, then you see, like, Albert Einstein is like, uh, fire, fire, and, and Benjamin Franklin's like, smoke, smoke. And in the middle of the, of the crowd are two little Martian. They look like trolls, like little hairy, kind of, like, gremlin-y, weird-looking guys. And like, ah, 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 making that kind of thing. And they're they're playing fucking charades, <laughs> smoke, smoke, fire, smoke. That's right. And um, uh, death chimes in. <laughs> Butch and Sundance, the early years. <laughs> and everybody stops like death. And they keep doing charades. And then Einstein gets it. <laughs> Smokey and the Bandits three. Smokey is the Bandit. Yeah, and everybody cheers. It's great. And uh, so the two, there's the two aliens in the middle of the group, and that's, that's, Death tells them that's Station. That is Station. And, and Bill and Ted are kind of like taken aback, like, huh? And Death is like, uh, 
well, did you honestly think the most brilliant scientist in the universe would be from Earth, you know? And uh, <laughs> so uh, they tell Station, like, we hear, we hear great things about your scientific ability, Station. You're great. Uh, would you help us build good robot uses to beat the evil robot uses so we can save the two most excellent princesses, win the Battle of the Bands, unite our planet in, in harmony, right? Yeah. And they're like, yeah, 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 right? <laughs> so they... Uh, then they just like wake up at the bottom of the canyon in the desert, pulling like worms out of their ears and shit because they were dead and now they're alive. Death falls from the sky, uh, and then stations there, and their van is still there. So they hop in their van, and they drive to like the Do It Center or whatever they call it, like, and uh, um, they get out of the um. No, no, no. Okay, so they drive to the Do It Center. They go into the Do It Center, and they're just there's just like a little montage of them like shopping for shit, buying like dust busters and ducting and electrical tape and all this other shit, right? Mm-hmm. And like, <laughs> Death is like pushing the shopping cart like a bitch. <laughs> Some dude's smoking in the store. It's actually a director, by the way. And uh, the dude's smoking in the store, and Death pushes by him and goes, "See you real soon." <laughs> <laughs> funny. It's so funny. <laughs> So then they um they uh they get out into the um into the parking lot, they load all the shit into the van, and again it gets super weird again. Station, the two little gremlins, they they square off at each other in the parking lot and they just sprint at each other and like form this primordial ball of glowing goo and um and they become one giant like super station. Huh. They be, from going from like these two little two feet tall little gremlin guys to they've like now it's like a seven foot tall behemoth and that's fucking Stacia and he cracks his knuckles mm. gets in the van and just starts wor- they race to the battle of the bands in the back station is like building all the shit and Death is like I I, I helped <laughs> Death is like so, he gets cucked so hard by like every situation yeah. and he just, all he wants is some recognition you know like, I, I, does, made, always, I made the wigs he, he wants to hang the whole time yeah, it's Death so funny hang. It's, he really wants to hang I made the wigs yeah I made it's so good he always wants to be partying with Bill and Ted yeah it really is great and I and, uh, there, there you know there's whispers of he's on, he's on the cover with them. Like, yes. He, yeah, that, like, I, I think he was when the cartoon made, got made. I think he, he was in the cartoon. Yeah. It could be wrong, but it's such a perfect trio. I mean, it's almost as it should be Bill Ted and Death going forward because it's yeah. so perfect. Um, anyway, so you know, doing the stuff in the band. Cut to the battle of the bands. Pam Greer's are like waiting. Oh, where are they? Meanwhile, Primus is playing. <laughs> no. Yeah, Primus is in the movie. Primus yeah. is in the movie. <laughs> yeah, Primus. That's is in the amazing. Movie. God, I haven't seen that movie in a long yeah. time, dude. Yeah. Um, oh no, Bill and Ted are there. Evil Bill and right. Ted are there. Yeah. And they're like warming up their their, you know, their instruments. Oh, and they're gonna follow Primus. Right. They, yeah. <laughs> but they're gonna bail it. They're just gonna fuck it up. That's their their well, point. The point is, is to, to fuck it up. Yeah, right. Right. And um, the princesses are like hung up from the rafters, and yeah, we're just gonna kill them when we go on stage. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. So that's a hell of a, hell of uh, a concert. Yeah. Um, we're gonna suck and also kill these two women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Will we but win? we're really bad at guitar. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't like the guitar playing, but the murder was fun. <laughs> so um uh Bill and Ted get to the good Bill and Ted get to the uh to the show. Right. They get out of the van with Superstation. 
death and good robot uses, good robot villain said. Right? <laughs> I mean, the whole nomenclature out there, the whole movie is so perfect. Evil robot uses, uh, you know, the totally dead me. Like, Yeah, and they call each other uses. Yeah. The evil and the good call each other uses. Yes. Yeah. It's it's really funny. It's yeah. really great. And um, so then, they, you know, they warm up the, the robots and they do the robot and shit. And they, it's so funny. Anyways, so it's uh, it's Bill and Ted's turn to go up. And evil Bill and Ted are up there, and then um, good Bill and Ted show up. Evil robot Bill and Ted are like, "Fuck you guys! What are you gonna do? We we just killed you! Like, we'll we'll just do it again." Psych. Death shows up, and the the good robot Bill and Ted show up and like knock their fucking heads off in like a spectacular fashion. Yeah. They shoot up with fireworks, punch them in the chest, and they explode but not before they're like awesome awesome work guys <laughs> yeah <laughs> the evil robot bill and ted are like nice and uh they explode crowd goes nuts and uh they um then uh denomalous shows up in the fucking phone booth to clean up the mess right he's like you may have defeated my my robot versions of you but i'm still you know denomalous mm-hmm. and he uses a little gizmo to like program all of the uh, the TVs, all the cameras, takes over like every satellite feed in the world. So like it cuts to like Brazil and it cuts to like Asia and everyone's watching the battle of the bands. They see, you know, the robots blow up and uh, <laughs> then you see, uh, so there's this, fa- there's this face off between Bill and Ted and Denomalous <clears throat> and Bill and Ted are like, we just have to remember after we win this to set up something to win. It's simple. We'll set up that cage. Or no, we'll set up a sandbag. Sandbag appears, drops, knocks the gun out of Denomalous's hand, and we'll also set up something to stop him. A cage dropped from the sky, gets him, you know, locks him up in there, and Denomalous says, I can play that game too. I set up everything, and I set up this key. Key appears in his hand, unlocks it, and uh, and uh, Bill and Ted go, yeah, one thing you have to remember, dude, only the winner gets to decide and go back and fix it. So they, we set up the fake key, we set up this, we set up that, and uh, he gets, uh, I forget what happens to him, but like he gets fucked up. It's a fake, oh, his gun, he gets a new gun, his gun shoots out a flag that says Wild Stallion Rules. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like that's gun, right, right, I remember that. So um, uh, uh, Ted's dad shows up, cuffs Denomalous. <laughs> yes, you do. It cuffs, you cuff Chuck Denomalous. As a cop, yeah. that's what you would and do. And now, you know, uh, Pam Greer's like, guys, you know, the stage is all yours. Uh, and they're like, oh, fuck, we, we still can't play. Pam Greer rips off her face and clothes, and it's it's Rufus the whole time. It's, it's George Carlin. <laughs> George Carlin was Rufus the whole time. Okay. Or uh, Rufus right. was Pam Greer the whole time. And he goes, remember, guys, you have a time machine. So they're like, perfect. They jump in the time machine, immediately come back with like beards, kids on their back, and a totally different oh. outfit. It's like, man, that was the most intense sixteen minute intense, sixteen year intensive, uh, you know, guitar lesson or whatever, right? Right. And so uh, they introduce the crowd to Tiny Bill and Tiny Tiny Ted on their <laughs> That's backs, right. and uh, they start they start playing. And uh, but first, before we do that, we want to introduce the princesses. And Station, and Station has since di- di- uh, divided into two, and he's playing like the bongo drums. The girls are playing whatever they're playing. Rufus, thank you. And they introduce Death, and it's like the beat drops. 
crowd going nuts and death like he has like a stand-up bass and he's strumming it and he just like spins it leaves it walks up to the mic and he's like you might be a king or a little street sweeper but oh. sooner or later you dance with the reaper <laughs> and he like sweeps the scythe around yeah yeah, yeah yeah he's ducking it, underneath no, he's loving, it this is his moment yeah. he's loving it right yeah and then they start playing the song, and the song is God Gave Rock and Roll to You, <laughs> sung by Kiss. Right. God gave rock and roll. It's, I mean, it's so fucking lame, but it's yeah. great. And then so all of this is being broadcast around the world. So the whole Denomalous unwittingly leads, set forth leads the, to the wheels Bill in motion to Bill and Ted uniting the world right. under their music, right? right. And uh, so that music keeps playing. Everyone's in love. And then, like... Then it just shows like, you know, <laughs> like the spinning newspaper cover and like the magazine covers of like different headlines as they follow like the stereotypical rock band arc. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, Bill and Ted, uh, you know, defeat Denomalous, you know. Um, Bill and Ted play the Midwest. Crops yield increase 30 <laughs> percent. Uh, Bill and Ted play the Grand Canyon. Uh <laughs> Missy to wed Chuck Denomalous. <laughs> <laughs> so Missy goes from marrying Bill's dad to Ted's dad. She marries Denomalous. Uh-huh. You find out that uh, uh, Rufus says, like, Ch- his name's Chuck Denomalous, my old gym teacher. <laughs> By the way, sit-up champion of 2968. <laughs> um, what else is that? Uh, Reaper starts solo project, album flops. Reaper joins the band again. Um... You know, uh, Bill and Ted play Middle East, world uh, peace achieved type of stuff. All right. Um, and then it, the last one is like Bill and Ted play Mars or something like that. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, it's the end of the movie. So uh, the other, so when Aaron Aaron was getting ready to watch this shit uh, to psych himself up about doing the episode, and he was telling me, um, he got really hyped up about it, and. I I always say Aaron has the most unique ability to make um and which I'm not saying this is a shitty movie by any I, I by, get it. I get but it. <laughs> but you have made shitty movies that I truly hate minute to minute <laughs> much better yeah by telling me like we watched uh, we watched Batman and and Robin together oh or no, do, Batman, no, Batman Forever. Forever the one with Jim Carrey the one with oh, the Riddler yeah. so we watched that Chill together out. and he was no no, he, no, that's, no, no that's, that's Robin that, that's Robin that's no, Batman and Robin no they're both but terrible th- that's really bad but, but I also thought that Batman Forever was unforgivable in hindsight um it's bad. And Aaron yeah. was showing yeah. me some stuff where he was like, "Do you see what they're doing here?" Like, the, like the thing where you're saying they were mimicking the Riddler and and Two Face were were mimicking like you know Batman and, and Robin, Robin and yeah, stuff like exactly, that. Exactly, exactly. It was great. So uh, yeah. So I think I think you really have a a, a a very special knack for seeing the best in what other people would think are are bad movies. But Bill and Ted is a very special uh, thing because. It is a movie that is kind of very highfalutin, making fun of it being highfalutin. Bill and Ted. Yes. Yeah. Bogus I mean, Journey specific. Bogus Journey for sure. They, yeah. I mean, it is. I mean, there's no time travel in it except for the very end. Right. It's not a time travel movie. I yet. kind of can't believe it got made. Well, the first one made a lot of money. Yeah. On a no budget, it was like a yeah. non-union independent movie. And but you know what I don't like about the second movie is uh, uh, I don't like the idea. Like when when they go on the time adventure in the first movie. You know why? Because they can't they fail. Gotta... But in the second movie, there's no reason why 
they have to... They have to win the Battle of the Bands. Well, they do have to win the Battle of the Bands, but there's nobody there like Rufus to shepherd them through that. There's nobody to stop them from dying. Right. It's just that, like, their specialness is not explained in the sequel as much as it is in the first movie. That's my problem with it. Do you need their specialness explained? They're doing fucking Ted. <laughs> it's special enough. Well, at, at the, at well, the I can tell by the way you're repositioning yourself in your chair that, that there's like, some umbrage here's how special, on what I'm saying. Here's how special they are, John. <laughs> at, the, at the birthday party for their girlfriends? Yes. Up on the wall, it says "Happy 521st Birthday." Right. Everyone, they're all. Everyone knows they're time traveling. Right. Brilliant stoner guys. Yes. And well, they still like the dad still gives some shit about not having a job. Yeah. Yeah. It, they they know their destiny when nobody else doesn't. Right. Right. And um, I think that's the. I mean. It, I think the message there is it doesn't you don't need somebody to explain your specialness to you. No, no, but you, you I think you know what I mean. I, I, think, I don't I don't I don't and I, I'm not mad. I just no, don't, no, I don't no. know what you mean. I think there's there's nothing like in, in the first movie there's something to explain, like, listen, you guys are gonna make this out of this fine. The other Bill and Ted, future Bill and Ted in Excellent Adventure come out and be like, dudes, it's gonna be wild. And then you yeah. know, like everything's gonna be okay. But in the second movie, there's there's really no shepherd like like Rufus. Right. It ends up being death, kind of. Mm-hmm. But you have no idea that death is gonna be cool. Right. So I wish that there was some more explanation of why, again, these guys were so chosen for being so special. And I'm willing to suspend my disbelief that they are, even though they're fucking right, idiots. Right, right, right. But I, I, see what you, I guess you I kind of see what you mean. And apparently the, the movie that's in somewhat of pre-production. And that's what, that's what I was going to say, is that that's what I want out of the third movie. The third movie I want is... I want something out of the the, sequ- the, the third, se- uh, third movie to show me why these guys are spe- so, so special. That's the, the, the plot of the movie is they're both 50-year-old men and they still haven't written the song <laughs> right. to change the world. Yes. And um, I, it's written by the same guy, mm-hmm. directed by the same guy. So here's, the, I, I think I, I mentioned this to you a couple of days ago. So the writer of both movies is somebody named Christopher Matheson. Yes. Son of Richard Matheson. Yes. As in the Richard Matheson who wrote I Am Legend. Right. Somewhere in time. Yes. Button, button. Hold the phone. Hold Hold the phone. Did he actually write that Star Trek episode that's in the movie? Oh, fuck. I was waiting to fuck you with that. (laughs) I was so waiting to fuck you with that since the beginning of the show. Oh, man. Because that dude, I just found out recently, wrote several Star Trek episodes. Several Star Trek, lots of Twilight Zone. And I, well, I knew knew that he wrote tons of Night Gallery, Twilight Zone, I Am Legend, Mm -hmm. you know, Button Button, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, which is, what do they they call it? Uh, It became The Box. The Box is what the movie became. But I didn't know he wrote a ton of of uh, Star Trek. Oh no shit! And I was like, I'm I, you know, I've uh, my Star Trek intake is only the reboot stuff, mm-hmm. the new stuff, mm-hmm. which I love. You never watched the original series? I've never watched a single thing of original it, Star it's Trek. It's really great. I'm sure it must be. Yeah. But I but I love Matheson mm-hmm. so much. Yeah. As a writer. That I was like, I would start just with his episodes, and sure. I would not be surprised in the least if that episode. Yes. 
was we from his dad's. I wouldn't be surprised. It would have. I mean, that would make perfect sense. Yeah. It would make perfect yeah. sense. But after, I mean, now with that information, the whole sh- m- series of movies makes sense to me more now because right. they're so weird and trippy. The first one is all sorts of time travel paradox stuff, like future versions of you coming back to tell you, hey, man, everything's going to be okay. I'll prove no. to you, um, you. What number do you have behind your back? Three. Oh, shit. Three. What number are you thinking of? 69. All that, and then the yeah. other one is uh, they go to hell and heaven, and they play death in this game. To w- I mean, it's so weird. Yeah, that it totally makes sense that you know. Yeah, and this it's, guy's I, mean, I think there's some the- something about those movies that that is like um, like a lot of times science fiction is played for paranoia's sake, where it's like. It's played for like, well, you don't know what could happen. So and, what if? And, and and almost the exact opposite happens in Bill and Ted, where it's like, dude. You know what's what. You know who we are. Yeah. The other version of yourself comes back and is like, not much has changed, idiot. Yeah. Don't get weird. Yeah. And and I think that's so reassuring to, like, the human spirit. Yes. To tell them, like, you know, the the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Right. Stop being a weirdo. (laughs) Everything's fine. After they, after they, after (laughs) they, on that same note, after they beat death at the game. Bill still goes, hey, Ted, don't fear the Reaper. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that's, that's and the, good, the other good. the other metal reference you told oh, me about. Oh, right. So in the, fir- <laughs> in the first one, in, the, in Bill and Ted, an excellent adventure when they're in the uh, the medieval castle and they're like sneaking around, escaping, there's um, you know, there's, the, there's an Iron Maiden torture device and they walk by it and he goes, hey, Bill, well. Iron Maiden. <laughs> they do the metal thing. It's so great. It's so great. I love it. I'm gonna watch it again. I watched it again last night. Yeah. And we'll continue to watch that movie. There's just like there's always something little that I notice, but it's it's. I think you know it also like follows like a very simple logical progression. Like this happens, which leads to this happening, which leads to this happening, which leads to this happening. Right. Like where I can just you know go off top with it. Um. I and I think it's also just ingrained in my psyche because I was tripping my fucking balls off when I watched it. And the thing I was telling Brent, shout out to Brent, I said, I think this movie was written just for me. Yeah. And I think it, I, and when I was tripping, I really believed it. Yeah. Because it was so weird, and uh, God, I love that fucking. There always there is something I mean, brilliant about making smart shit dumb. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah Isn't yeah. there something that's that's uh Oh it's one it's one of my favorite things. Yeah, it's 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 congratulatory where it's saying it's saying, you know what, as smart as this is, it's not that smart. Yeah. You know, and it's pretty base that you can get to it and we're not so highfalutin and Right. But it does you know, it does take a smart person to make something dumb work. Right. Yes, absolutely. Right? Yeah. Um, there's an art form to it, and uh, I really, really hope that the next one gets made and um, lives up to it. There, you know, in there, I was watching some interviews with 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 um, Alex Winters and, and and Keanu during the filming of the movie, and uh, it, you can also almost kind of tell during in the movie that Keanu really wasn't into it. I think he was going through that phase of his life where he kind of right after this he dove into kind of like some indie stuff. I think he did Speed in like 94, but I think he was getting tired of 
the roles he was getting because the interviewer was like, "So are you gonna do a third sequel?" And Ke- and Bill's like, or Alex Winters is like, "Well, we're gonna." He, he starts talking, and Keanu's like, "No, no!" He starts freaking <laughs> out, like, "Buy it, sell it, slap it on a box, commodify." Like he gets really pissed off. He does, I feel like he didn't want to do it anymore. But yeah. I guess since then, you know, obviously Keanu has become the man we all know and love. Being, well, yeah, being well, amazing. Um, and he's to- they're, everyone's on board for the I mean for the sequel. Uh, for the third one of the trilogy, I mean, rest in peace, George Carlin. But oh, yeah. act, the the director, the writer, Chris Matheson, has has written the script. That's so insane. Yeah, Chris Matheson is going to do all three of these movies. Yeah, that's so insane. And he hasn't done a lot of other. And shit. I, I got. Did you look up his filmography? Because yeah. since you told me this, I haven't had time to. Because this is like a like a like a twelve thirty at night revelation <laughs> from Aaron, all fucking chiefed up on weed at his house <laughs> and he's like dude you won't believe who wrote it <laughs> fuck you he's freaking out I was freaking yeah. out and, and so it was like it was like I was like okay cool cool but also I it is it is the neatest trivia to me I absolutely love it because Richard Matheson is like massive massive hero of mine I love him so much I think he's like the best sci-fi writer com- like combined with a guy that will uh, just pull at your heartstrings forever and make super, super great sci-fi and emotional oh, yeah. things. Like, I mean, like, he will break your heart. Yeah. And it's a sci-fi story. Mm-hmm. Somewhere in, in Time is, uh, I mean, oh, God, it's it, it's a time travel love story, but there, it's not really sci-fi. Yeah. There's no gadgetry or anything like that other than the Did you, I mean, if anybody, the if anybody reads I Am Legend and he talked about when he finds the dog and the dog is so scared of people because the whole world is vampires and, yeah. and he's like, He's like, I have the dog finally captured in the house, and the dog is so yeah. feral and crazy. And by by oh, like two weeks later, I can pet the dog, mm-hmm. and he's like, and then the dog licks my hand, and he's like, and tears just started streaming down my face. Mm. And then like the next sentence is, the dog died a week later, and you're just like, what? It is, it is a brutal. What? It's a brutal book. It's so fucking good. So dig this about Chris Matheson. We have the same birthday. <laughs> Shut up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> February 25th. Ooh, girl. Hi, uh, girl. <laughs> so some of his other movies, right? Um, uh, Mom and Dad Saved the World. You remember that one? <laughs> no. You, never, you don't remember Mom and Dad Saved the World? No, also sorry. a very weird movie. Was it? Yeah, the fucking the, the family, the kids get kidnapped in some weird like intergalactic Space war thing and really, mom and dad saved the world. I think it's got that pedophile dad from Beetlejuice. Perfect. Um, <laughs> goofy movie. Oh, uh, goofy, goofy movie. movie. Yeah, wow. yeah. dude, um, everybody loves Goofy movie. Yeah, they do. Mister Wrong with Ellen DeGeneres and Bill Pullman. Huh. Uh, Bill and Ted on Adventure. Mom and Dad saved the world. <laughs> Um, I could guess the plot of that movie. <laughs> Mr. Wrong. Mr. Wrong with Ellen DeGeneres and Bill Pullman. Yeah. She's like, I'm a lesbian. And he's like, oh, I'm interested. <laughs> the mister the is what's wrong. Yes. Uh, let's see what else he wrote. I just said. Uh, Rapture Palooza. Stepsister from Planet Weird. Okay. Uh, he wrote the excellent video game adventure. Bill and Ted's excellent video game adventure. Oh, okay. Oh, oh. Mm-hmm. What was that on? Oh, I don't know. 
Did Sierra do that? Is that one of those? Is that what I mean, what I meant was was that like a, a way later game or was that like a game of the day? It was a ninety one, so it probably got released oh, okay. around, okay. Bogus, oh, around the time of Bogus Journey. Shit. Sure. So it's like uh, one of those point clicks from the early nineties. The, yeah, the Sierra games, or, Quest for let's Glory. See, 91, or... It probably could have been on uh Super Nintendo. Oh yeah, yeah. SNES, true. right? Ninety one? Really? Yeah, yeah. Shit. Or or NES, I don't know, but um, Chris Matheson, it blew my mind, dude. Isn't that crazy? It's so cool. It it really put everything on another it's level. It's so for me cool. When I found that out, and I that movie just keeps getting better for me. I think it's it just holds a special place in my heart. And I would love to see if Richard Matheson was alive to see it. I want I, I want to see if you know what I mean. Matheson was alive to see it. Richard Matheson only died a couple years ago. Really? Yeah. God, that's so cool. Yeah, because I I remember him. He kind of like came back into my my consciousness when he died a few years ago. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was the cool thing about the Twilight Zone stuff was that like you know, when those well, you know when those things started getting made, there was just like a bunch of weirdos that wrote for sci-fi magazines. It was like it was like National Lampoon's before fucking SNL. Right. Yeah. It was just a bunch of weirdos that wrote this crazy shit, and then suddenly it was like you can be on TV, you know? And they're like, what? TV? Yeah. Huh? Huh? Oh, it's so great. I really I would love to watch it with you guys. Yes. Oh, you sound so excited. <laughs> no, I, I'm serious. I, I would absolutely love yes. to watch it. It's, it's really Because I've seen the first movie, like, enough to know it back to front. Yeah. You know, Ziggy Piggy, the whole deal. Ziggy Piggy. I know the whole deal. Yeah. and But Bogus Journey was, was tougher. It demanded more of audiences. But also, I think because of Beetlejuice, they thought they could get away with that, but they didn't understand... I think how much charm Michael Keaton had. Well, no, also I mean Tim Burton had. Tim Burton sure. takes you to very dark places at that time, and he gets away with it. Where it's like, oh yeah. yeah, we're in like the Death Hotel, and there's a waiting room, and you take a number. Like it was, you know what I mean? Oh, like totally, there's a lot totally. of he stuff. He didn't write the movie though. No, 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 but but the way he shows it mm-hmm. is... Right, and he frames it, you know, you, as you the audience, at... you take the part of Gina Davis and Alec Baldwin. Yeah. You're new to the experience of death also, right. and they're way more relatable than Bill and Ted are. Bill and Ted are just charming because they're Bill and Ted, yeah. but there's not the relatable, like, oh, now they're in hell, and what's going to happen? You're watching it to see how these characters act in these Spaces. It's right. like, uh, what would happen if Wolverine fought Batman? It's like a what if thing because yeah. you know who these people are. You put them into strange situations just to see how they act. Yeah. Whereas Beetlejuice, you're kind of along for the, the journey into the the what is that the netherworld? Yeah. God, that's another good movie. It is, guys. So, um, be excellent to each other. Be excellent to each other. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening to me. Uh, do the entire plot of Bill and Ted's Bogus. I did. I I have already heard you do it at work before. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, one time at work, Aaron was seriously just like he just went through the whole plot, uh, and I was I was totally down with it, but I couldn't believe his commitment to telling everybody the whole plot to all of Bogus Journey. I, feel, I took like I took like hour long breaks in between. Oh yeah. I just start up. Anyways, and then they go to hell. <laughs> yeah. Two hours ago, but there is there's a ton to di- digest there. Yeah, so there's so much to digest. So many little little lines. It's uh, yeah, really, really funny. Um, I haven't seen it, but I I, I must I must you see have it. To. Now. I own it on Amazon Prime. So if anybody, uh-huh. you listeners, you got an open invitation, to come over and watch it on the big screen. <laughs> yeah, there it says. Uh, maybe uh, maybe the Patreon fans should should watch yes, it with us. Yes, for for whatever level <laughs> of teak. Patreon you <laughs> get to teak. watch it. 
<laughs> oh my god, I bet you we could rent the teak <laughs> out. Totally we could rent the teak out. They need Do some that. poppers. Yeah. <laughs> try it out. Try it out. Try it out. <laughs> um, I think uh, we're going to call that one right there. Yeah. yeah and so. um, uh, everybody, thank you for listening. Aaron, mm. thank you for regaling us. Thank, thank you. you. It's but really it's special to me. I know it is. Uh, I, I'm, I, I, I don't know what else to say. It makes thank you, you so for listening happy. and, and, um, Thanks for for help supporting us through Patreon and letting me gush about something that I really really love. Yeah. And shout out to Brent Smith, love you. Thank you for introducing me to the movie on mushrooms 10, yes. 15 fucking years ago. Thank you, Brent. Um, my name is John Fahey. I love you, Matt. What's your name? Matt Brousseau. Do you love me? <laughs> yes, I do. Yes. And listen, you might be a king or a little street sweeper, <laughs> but sooner or later you dance with dance the, the reaper. reaper. <laughs>